When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So here we are in the podcast section. Welcome. Thanks for sticking around or welcome to the audio version. Hi. Yes, I do look like this. (laughs) All the time. How do you deal with it? Well, it helps to put off going to the hairdresser for a long time. Honestly, it does. Getting a bit mad back there. So yeah, this topic uh, was suggested, uh, obviously, because of the J.K. Rowling situation, uh, who turns out to be a bit of a jerk and a bully on the and internet. one who doesn't know how to dig up, it seems. Is, is that any, any press is good press, apparently? Well, you know, power corrupts, and absolute power does the thing it is proverbial for doing. Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah, J- we... And does anyone have as much, has had as much impact on the state of popular culture, one single individual, I mean, mm-hmm. other than J.K. Rowling? It's it's hard to think of a larger property than Harry Potter. And she has already made a huge amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she'd already made a huge amount of money at the point when everyone decided she needed cancelling, at which point there wasn't really much point in trying to cancel her on any sort of moralistic grounds because she's already had your money. Mm-hmm. So on the whole, probably best not to worry about it. Yes, you can separate <laughs> out from artists, the end. Uh, I, I, th- I think then this is a great, this is a, a great Savor because I genuinely don't believe you can. I think that's always going to hmm. be there. I think there's always going to be that in the back of your head. But it won't be if you never know that the artist is an asshole or whatever that's true but in general i think we usually know we usually know enough (laughs) like listen i i i am a a film buff a film lover i have enjoyed watching many a woody allen film and then you learn about woody allen and you say you know maybe i don't need to see a late walk in paris or whatever his most recent one is But if you enjoyed watching Woody Allen movies, why deny yourself that pleasure just because of that? Uh, I don't. I can still I can still watch his movies, uh, much like I can still listen to old Bill Cosby comedy albums and academically enjoy them, but also understand that the people who made them are horrible. Right. It can be both. Well, I'm from the field of study that says that art is entirely within the senses of the observer. And uh, this is all, it's all made up in your head. We could be brains in jars after all. (laughs) Right. I would say the art, a piece of art only exists in the way you've perceived it. And if you haven't, like, read up on what the artist was up to then that's then they needn't exist at all and i think while academically that's very true that's just also like uh not how the real world works i think like what's what's the um what's the arrow 
con- uh, conundrum. Like, uh, it's not Aesop's arrow. Oh, was this Zeno's thing? Zeno of Elia? Maybe that's uh, the arrow will never reach someone because it has to constantly cover half the distance. Right. And by then, that the other thing has moved on a bit. Right, which is a, a lovely little quandary, right? If if the arrow reaches a target, it first has to reach half the way to the target and first half the way, half the way, half the way until it can never reach its target. Though practically in the real world, we know that if you shoot an arrow, it hits the target. But it, yes. And so, like, to me, the the death... Well, and it's not technically death of the author, I suppose, but this idea of separating art from the artist is academically you you are correct, but in in reality, we all know that it's not that how it works. Right. So, just to clarify, we're not talking about death of the author here, which is that the author's own interpretation of their work is equally as valid as anyone else's, and no more. What we're talking about is cancel culture. Well, and we're not necessarily talking about cancel culture either, as that's, you know, that may or may not really exist. But we're saying that um, there is some kind of moral imperative to not enjoy an artist's work if the artist themselves (laughs) is morally bankrupt. Uh, I I think... I think it does. I think there's a shadow. There's a shadow and there's an asterisk over an artist's work if that artist turns out to be a horrible monster. Similarly to like, uh, you know, like if if we found out that a Hall of Fame sports player was using sports-enhancing drugs, should they still be in the Hall of Fame, right? Or do we put a little asterisk next to that to say they were jacked up? Well, in that case, yeah, because it turns out their achievement was under an influence. Mm Mm-hmm. But if, um, I mean, Wagner was practically a Nazi, right? Oh, okay, sure, yeah. And, but uh, if you just listen to Ride of the Valkyries, it it doesn't, I mean, it would be ridiculous to say it sounds like a Nazi wrote it. (laughs) I mean, if if it went something like, then those were the original lyrics yeah <laughs> then yeah you couldn't probably couldn't separate art from artists but in that case in that case it, the impact of the music is unaffected mm-hmm. i mean if something i mean if you know jk rowling's a big transphobe mm-hmm. or homophobe or whatever she is maybe then, both then it, then that could taint her work because you could look at like the relationships between characters in her books mm-hmm. and understand that there's a and you might notice things that indicate a current of transphobia running through it mm-hmm. like someone like going you kissed a girl or whatever sure sure but other kinds of work i guess we're going back to mealy mouths it depends Blech. but like just a piece of instrumental music mm-hmm. then there is nothing there that is impacted by the creator being a nazi uh sure sure but i I still think the shadow remains I, as as the the shadow of you just mentioning Wagner was a Nazi boom like that's that's the shadow like Cosby was a, a brilliant storyteller and you know set a new standard for stand up comedy he also drugged and raped women that's the shadow that's over that always and it's right. like it, it you know I don't I don't know if the question is does it take away your enjoyment of it or 
Uh, yeah, no, I don't think the question is, does it take away your enjoyment of it? I think you can, okay. you can both enjoy something while you understand it was made by a monster. Right. Yeah. And so like, but, but I don't think that has anything to do with separating the art from the artist. If that makes any sense. Right. <laughs> so what are we arguing here? Are what we are I, well, like, like I said, actually in in the episode, is I always feel like this conversation only comes up, like in the J.K. Rowling situation, when when an artist turns out to be less than a good human. Yeah, and that um, and obviously that disappoints a lot of people. Absolutely, because uh, they might have been considered an idol to a lot of people. Absolutely. And and so like and to me the other half like the unspoken side of separate the art from the artist is is it shouldn't matter what kind of person the artist is as long as you enjoy the work just ignore that part while you while you enjoy the work and to me that's that's the disconnect is I don't think you can ignore that part because like like I said in the episode that uh that maintains a system of people getting away with shit. Right. Okay. But what if they didn't get away with it? I mean um sure there's a, there are a few examples of of people not getting away with it. Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein. Well, Harvey Weinstein's still on trial, but yes, if they if they if they received justice if mm-hmm. they went to prison for their crimes. Right. If they served their time, is sure. it okay to like their work again after that? <laughs> right. That's the question. Because <laughs> I, un- I understand not wanting to support someone who's uh, benefiting and receiving no consequences mm-hmm. for, uh, for doing wrong. Yes. But... But what am I trying to say? That's all right. Take but your time. The work, but the work they create doesn't just come from that, right? In many ways, uh, creators are conduits. They take influences from the past and extend influences to the future. Mm-hmm. Creators are nodes on a graph. Lovecraft was a was a huge Nazi, but he's a node on a graph that starts with people like. Poe and Howard mm-hmm. and moves on to people like Stephen King and uh, all, and uh, all those modern horror writers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, I can still enjoy Lovecraft's work knowing he's a big racist. Big racist. Because <laughs> the work he produced was just like water passing through a channel, you know? He took influence, mm. processed it, and moved that influence on to somewhere else. He was just a station, a stopping point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're parking your barge at a little canal station while you're waiting for the lock to to rise, mm-hmm. and then the bloke who's, who's managing the lock says, by the way, I think homosexuals should be killed, you sort of smile and nod and then decide you probably won't go through this, uh, you probably... <laughs> Won't go through this canal again. Okay. But, I'm trying to follow locks, this metaphor here. But the lock still opens and the barge moves on to pastures new. Uh-huh. That was that was a weird one. I'm trying to I'm trying to <laughs> And yeah. 
I'm, I'm trying to just, suss my I'm way th- around that. I'm thinking aloud here. No, no problem. Like, I, I, like, I think you're, I think you're correct. I'm I think at art as art as a whole, mm-hmm. art as a whole, in which individual artists are merely, as I say, stations on the graph. Yes, um, but I think that goes back to the context argument, which is if if you're only looking at the art if you're only looking at the art and ignoring the artist side of it, you're also losing a lot. And so like, Oh sure. You know, Lovecraft, you know, we, we get Stephen King, we get uh Wes Craven, we get, uh, you know, many fantastic horror authors nowadays because Lovecraft existed. But if we remove how racist Lovecraft was from that, then that also like takes away a little bit of our history. And, you know, we, we, we need to understand where things come from in order to properly contextualize them. Right. And so, but I I wasn't confident in that sentence at all. (laughs) No, no. And so like, we could get to a point, you know, a, a negative point we could get to if, if the artist is completely forgot is, you know, a whitewashing of the sins of that artist and ending up, ending up in a, in a place, uh, uh, just as, just as bad as where we started from. Those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And so there's nothing wrong with saying like, Oh, you know, Lovecraft gave us wonderful eldritch horror, but also super racist. And actually, we're dealing with that. I don't know uh, if I know you don't have a ton of free time, but there is a there's a fantastic show called Lovecraft Country that is dealing with this exact same thing as how how, you know, racist Lovecraft is and the legacy. Great Ooh. show. Really fun. Really fun. Uh, so I, I, I feel like this is a situation where you can have both like, yes, the, the story by itself is important little asterisk super racist <laughs> cuz you know that's what it usually is that's All what right. it usually is well sure i mean you can forget lovecraft is a nazi mm-hmm. well he wasn't a nazi lovecraft, just racist just very, very racist, very racist. Yeah. yeah you can forget he was prejudiced mm-hmm. and then further down the line creators influenced by him uh who aren't prejudiced at all might produce works inspired by his work that have no prejudice they just take the good parts mm-hmm. but is that a bad thing well like i said it's a it's to me the context is important is like what I, what you would hate and you know not specifically of lovecraft but of, of anyone what you would hate is like these subtle you know whether it's homophobic or racist or misogynistic these subtle things in an artist's work oh that, there's a lot of very unsubtle things in lovecraft's work i want i think what like the title of one of his short stories just had a had the n-word right in it i, I forget what it's called but i don't know about that but i There was an Agatha Christie story that had the N-word right in it that has a different name now. But um, I think it was that Lovecraft had a cat whose Mm. name was the N-word. Oh, sure. Well, then there you go. Because it was a black cat. Ah. 
So, well, and so the 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 worry for me is that you know if we let these things slide, if we let these things go, they will be the new seed that germinates later, the the unwilling seed. Okay, right. So since um, the shadow of Rinsmouth has um, uh, underneath it all a message of against race mixing, sure, it's sort of. There might be some hypothetical future where fish-human hybrids exist. And people might be instinctively against that because they remember the horrific themes of The Shadow of Rinsmouth, not realising it was a race-mixing sure. uh, an- analogy. And now we're being racist against the fish people because of that. Because because of that, because that little thing has influenced so we, so many other things. You know what? I, we should be inclusive and judge them by what's in them, not the way they smell. Mm, how true what i what i think of a lot with this with this sort of like context of the author is concerned is with um oh, i'm gonna mispronounce her name i think it's pronounced ian ian rand i think it's ein ein I've, i don't know either i don't know you know a y n rand yeah, um, the, fo- you... the fountainhead atlas shrugged i tend to say ein ein okay i'll i'll believe you as you are generally more knowledgeable than me well, we could just look it up. Uh, but yeah, but should we do that? Because we have access to all of human knowledge right in front of our fingertips. Remember when arguments would have, would go on for a while before we had the internet? <laughs> I After do. After a while, we'd just go, oh, I guess we'll never know. I guess. Well, now we can know. <laughs> we can know everything all the time. It's true. Give me a sec. Drink break? No, that's all right. Uh, okay, this YouTube video goes with Ayn Rand. Ayn Okay. All right. I like Ayn. And it's so, a video specifically titled How to Say Ayn Rand. So I'm <laughs> assuming it's the authority. <laughs> what's, the, what's the like ratio? What's the like to dislike ratio? 11 to 1. Perfect. All right. 3,000 views. While I'm Ayn. here, how do you, while I'm here, how do you say Michael Bean? Michael Bean? Michael, Michael Bean. How do you pronounce Michael Bean? Are you talking about the guy from Terminator? Yeah, how do you pronounce that? Bean. Like okay. like bean, but with an H before the end. Bean. Yeah, turns out it's bean. Yeah. Which I guess would make sense if we went by standard German pronunciation. Because <laughs> in German, if there's an E and an I next to each other, you always pronounce only the second letter. So if it's I-E, you pronounce it E. And if oh. it's E-I, you pronounce it I. Little well, German lesson for the kiddies there. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I had to look up a pronunciation for uh, Edward Munch, a famous painter of the screen, the scream, because uh, his name looks like Edvard Munch. But it's Edvard Munch. Munch. Yeah, Edward Munch. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it's just the Germanic thing where the ch goes at the back of the throat. So it's yeah, Munch. 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 <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to like Munch. swallow your neck a little bit. Edvard Munch. Munch. Uh, but in any case, Ian, Ein, Ein, Ein Rand. There's another German lesson for you. Uh, C-H, as in like Kuchen, is pronounced like that. Ein Rand, uh, is, is held up, is lauded by many, many a, uh, a conservative lawmaker here in America, um, because of her fiction, uh, novels and so yes. understanding the context of why she wrote them uh, is very important to understanding why uh, her ideas are bullshit 
And so like what we have here is we have a loss of context and and then a rise up of people thinking they are to be idealized. I think it will be difficult to separate the uh, agenda from Atlas Shrugged because that was <laughs> that was its whole agenda. <laughs> I mean it's flat out saying this is why objectivism is great. Right. Touché. It's got like isn't that the book with like a hundred page monologue of a character explaining why their philosophy is great? I, that's, that's all of her books. Yes, that's a very different story to a funny story about wizards in a school being written by a transfer. <laughs> well, to me, it's all part of the same mush of context being very important and art and artists. And I don't know. You know, we there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk about cancel culture, but I think. I think there is – I don't think cancel culture really exists because I think it's hard for us to name people who have actually been canceled. Right. You know, like Mel Gibson, you know, a decade ago went on a crazy anti-Semitic drunken rant that was all on tape. He's a working actor. He's fine. Every, everything's fine. Nothing happened. Isn't he him. making Passion of the Christ too? This time it's He's personal. Fine. This time Christ rises in two days and he comes back with a vengeance. The Christening. It's like yeah. the, 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 the DLC that took place like one and a half days into the three day thing. Yeah, you and think he was it, gone for three days. Yeah. And at the end of it, he has to go back to the tomb yeah. so he can do his proper rising. The untold story of what Christ did in those three days. Well, you know, I'll tell you where it is easy to separate art from artists. It's in the world of AAA video games, Ooh. where there is where there is no artist. <laughs> uh, I assume this is uh, this is because of uh, this is probably another reason why this topic was so heavily suggested to us. Is uh, what was it Ubisoft? Someone, well, pretty much every major developer is up to their necks in shitty practices, <laughs> and people don't want to support. You know, the creators of those things. But then again, the problem is that the money that you send to those corporations goes to the salaries of all the people you do want to support. The developers who are being victimized. Right. But then isn't it even more important not to give them your money? Well, that's always felt like an excuse pirates use. (laughs) I don't want to give money to Ubisoft because they're evil corporations. Sure, but it's the people on the it's the people on like the the coal face who suffer mm-hmm. when the, the company loses money. CEOs all got their golden parachutes; they don't care. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's that's really true. That's the horrible part of living in a corporate-run society, I suppose. Mm. You kind of have to work with corporations, and a couple of people at the top are skimming off all the cream. It's true, but they all at the same time the corporations represent millions of. People just like you and me trying to get by, mm-hmm. who just weren't strong enough or positioned well enough to escape the the turning of the cogwheels of the machine. <laughs> the turning of the cogwheels. Well, but you would like to believe that in a situation like that, we could use our voice and use our, our dollar votes and, you know, make Ubisoft really pay for treating their workers uh, so poor, horribly and apparently other allegations. but That uh, shouldn't be our job. That should be the job of law and unions. Mm, yeah, ooh, oh, I would love to see more unionization in those the problems. Industry. Those problems with corporations stem from 
like uh, influences higher up the tree. Yes. Or lower down where the roots are. Maybe that makes more sense as a metaphor. It makes sense as a metaphor, but now verbally you're saying it takes place lower down. It, you know, it's it's societal. It's a it's one of the many nasty after effects of there being too much money in politics mm-hmm. and a lack of support for organization for workers. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I agree. I agree. And people keep buying their games. Just people keep. Well, buying we their have games. to. We have to play the new games. What if we miss out? What? <laughs> Touche. I guess we wouldn't want to miss out now, would we? Mm. Mm. Of course, a lot of video games do have pretty overt uh, negative messages in them. Okay. Because, like, like um, well, a lot of games that Ubisoft make, they're saying, uh, hey, you're a good guy, so you can kill all the people who work for the bad guy as much as you like. All of them, who cares? <laughs> And most of our games are designed so you can play them however you want to play them because mm. of committee design. So we don't even we we give you the option for the stealthy route, but we don't care. That we we're not trying to send any kind of political message here. Mm-hmm. God forbid they might threaten the bottom line. <laughs> yes, the they are they are notoriously uh, both sides. No, no, no. We're not. Yeah. We're not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, we're not saying murdering people is bad. If you just choose to believe murdering people is fine, that we that's cool with us. <laughs> they won't disavow anything, those psychos. Mm-hmm. And how. But that's in many ways why this isn't really relevant to the debate, because there is no political ideology or rationale in well, a committee design product. And like you said, you know, I think I think we can point a lot to like you know your your J.K. Rowling who you know wrote the book herself, your your you know your uh, artists who paint a picture themselves, your Lovecraft who wrote his books himself. Like that's a single person creating a single piece of art. You know, it's a very different situation. For example, in a in a Harvey Weinstein who was part of this giant machine. Uh, but, but that speaks similarly to my topic about separating an art from an artist where he was, he kept being propped up by people because he kept making money for people and he kept making careers for people. So people were silent. People Mm. were just turning a, a blind eye because he kept doing the thing. I think, I think if you think about that, it's really funny, Horribly, horribly funny that we talk about this in in regards to artists, because this isn't something that would pop up in any other job, you know, where it'd be like, it'd be like, hey, you know, uh, Joey over there. Yeah, he had another drunken hit and run, but he's the best bricklayer we got. So nothing we can do about it. Hey, (laughs) I'm sure there are plenty of examples of people being protected by friends in the workplace <laughs> I, I suppose we just don't hear about it because they're not famous but i like i feel like if if someone was doing you know what harvey weinstein was doing on a construction site there there would be no people going like wait a minute wait a minute we can't you know we can't like uh, all all this brickwork oh it's so good we can't you know hold that against joey well, the thing is, when you're talking about art, as I say, art is something perceived by the user. It is something that is owned by both the creator and the person perceiving it. Ooh, okay. This is why I raised the point that J.K. Rowling's work was the seed 
for all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. People uh, writing their fan fiction, some of it probably incorporating uh, transgenderism and homosexuality in ways that J.K. Rowling wouldn't have liked. Mm-hmm. And isn't that in its own way a victory to take something away from a flawed creator and making it a universal thing? Mm. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that the, a textbook separation of art from artist? <laughs> I I like this thought. I think this is why people get so upset. Is I think you you hit the nail right on the head, which is there is a relationship. Yeah, be- between yeah. the consumer and the artist. And when we realize that our partner in this relationship is less than ideal, that's why people have a problem. Uh, the way art works, it becomes part of our internal identity. That's the mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. That's why if you go on a dating site, one of the things you have to fill in is what your favorite films and what your favorite music are. Because sure. it's an essential part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Your influences, what creates created strong emotional reactions to you in the past Mm -hmm. and if you find out in enjoying that you were uh abetting something you disapprove of Mm. then that people react very poorly to that but is that just a knee-jerk emotional reaction Uh, the the desire to suddenly shun the work and throw it away because it reminds you of that because you feel ashamed of the pleasure it once gave you? Or is mm. that is that an irrational response? Is that something that should be examined, accepted, and moved on? Ooh, okay. I think shunning the work that you love because of the author is a knee-jerk reaction that should not happen. Right. But I also so you, think... So you think we should separate art from artists? Absolutely not. I, I think you need to take what you love about the art... Along, I think, I think once again, they need to be related. Like we can say like, hey, Harry Potter, you wrote it. We loved it. That means it's all of ours now. And we don't want you part of it anymore. <laughs> like, I think it's okay to show the artist the door afterwards. And then you read a Harry Potter book to your kid. Mm-hmm. So they never see, like, just put a bit of black tape over the author name on the book. And they read it and enjoy it, and then they never know, even know who J.K. Rowling is. And mm-hmm. then, bingo, bango, art separated from artist. <laughs> Kid enjoyed Harry Potter. No, it's a lovely, it's a lovely lesson. It's a, it's a lovely thing to to talk to your kids about about you know the relationships in Harry Potter and and the author and you know how the author is problematic. This is why they're problematic. Don't be like that. But it's okay to still enjoy the work. But that author, she sucks. I don't think. A young child would understand. Mm. Depending Excuse on me. the age. Uh, it's it's very timely. This conversation has very recently come up with my own children. Oh, lovely. How'd that yes. go? I, it, went, it went okay. Obviously, we didn't get into... Like, we didn't get into the specifics because that's just a whole, di- like, her, her being transphobic. That's a very different and meaty conversation. But, you know, basically, yeah. we just, you know, we... Because it, it came up during a like we were on like a friend's Zoom call and J.K. Rowling came up and and he overheard and he's read all the books, loves all the books. He's older mm. now. He's 12. So, you know, not really that young. And, and presumably and, because they're at that, that age, they make attachments to the things they like. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'd probably feel quite invested in knowing if someone had a beef for J.K. Rowling at that Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Well, and so we talked about it. We said, oh, yeah, she's being a jerk. She's being a bit of a bully. 
Um, and and that's really too bad uh, because we all have all enjoyed her books. And, and so we had that conversation about it being OK to still like the books. Remember, don't be like the author, though. Then. <laughs> and I think that's a fine conversation to have. Never that's meet a very your truncated, heroes. Very truncated version. Unless your heroes are someone amazing. Like I keep hearing great stories about like Chris Evans. He's just the nicest guy. Mm, but, Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. That's the one that seems to come up a lot. He's just the, just the best. If I was Keanu Reeves, I'd, be, I'd probably be feeling very exhausted by all that. You think? I'd be like, Jesus Christ. Now I've got to be extra careful not to do, not to act like, not to have a bad day and act like a grump, grump to someone. I don't know. All, if, it, all it takes is one bad day. People, people spread around the gossip about people being asshole far faster than they spread around the gossip of them being nice. And nothing, it won't stick. Let him be an asshole for a day. It, it won't. It'll stick up until the next time he does something adorable with a puppy. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like there's, there is rarely. There is rarely a punishment for 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 this sort of thing. Like J.K. Rowling, for example, uh, I think this all got churned up because she there's a new Harry Potter video game coming out. And uh, yes, it's the uh, open world one that got announced. Open world. Which Harry Potter. name was very conspicuously not on the most of the marketing material. Well, I want to say the developer specifically said J.K. Rowling has nothing to do. You know, she's not a writer. She has nothing to do with this except for all of the residuals she is making from it. <laughs> well, that's that's kind. I guess that's kind of something, isn't it? Totally something. But they were just like, she's not writing it. Don't worry. She has nothing. She's not uh, creatively involved. I mean, a wizard in a school, that's not even, that's, there's been multiple versions of that. Mm-hmm. They could have very easily just not called it Hogwarts. Well, I, mean, listen, I guess there's, I guess there's marketing, but. Well, th- that's the point is like Harry Potter's not going anywhere. It's a, it's, it's a huge property. And so, like, we can say that J.K. Rowling is canceled while she is still cashing checks and on speaking tours and people are still buying her shit. So she she clearly hasn't been canceled. This is the point that I'm coming across. Right. Is we all know that she's a a big jerky pants and nothing's going to happen about it. Yeah, so there's nothing you can do, so why worry about it? Damn it. If it's a good rule for everyday life. Am I worried about this? Yes. Can I do anything about it? No. Then stop. I can be angry. That's what I can do. I can be All angry. Right. Be angry. Go on. Break a window or something. Feel better? Yeah, a little bit. Well, move on with your life now. <laughs> that was your closure. <laughs> That's terrible closure. That's terrible closure, Yancy. I don't like that at all. Well, here's the closure. Um, uh, write a derivative work that is that most casual observers will uh, associate with Harry Potter, but mm-hmm. write it in such a way that ha- J.K. Rowling doesn't get residuals. Ooh, like, say, okay. for example, set it 100 years ago with mm-hmm. all different characters. And make it about druids, not wizards. Yes, and then call it Smogwarts. Yeah. And then yeah. you never you never you don't ever have to say that it's the Harry Potter universe. I mean it needs to be to make the money, but you can just say no, it it, it could very easily change its name to just um um Butlins. Butlins. Yes. Come 
Come to the Butlin's School of Magic and Druidity. I'm laughing because in England, Butlin's is a name for a very naff chain of holiday camps. Oh, what does naff mean? Oh, God. Is that, does that mean, does that mean good like, or bad? It means cheesy, I suppose. Cheesy, okay. You're, 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 I'm sorry, I'm not used to all of this British terminology. It's like navigating a highway that's just every now and again got a great big wall built across one of the lanes. Uh-huh. I'm very, but, very sorry. But that, yeah, that's how you take Harry Potter away. I mean, that's that's happened in the past, hasn't it, where you changed the name of something because you wanted to adapt something but didn't want to uh, give residuals to the original creator. It's been used for evil a lot. <laughs> like when... Um, What's that case where they had to invent a new character because if they'd used the previous character, it would have sent residuals to the original writer? Star Trek, that was it. Okay. Star Trek Voyager, that one character who was obviously supposed to be a character who was in like one episode of Next Generation, but they changed the names, they wouldn't have to pay residuals to the original writer of the episode. Oh, like Tuvok? No, it was um, the dude who was like the pilot who went on to a bad crowd. Oh, Tom Paris, yeah. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. He there was a character in Next Generation. There was an episode with Wesley Crusher in where he was, uh, he like dobbed in some of his mates at Starfleet Academy, and one of them was that dude. Oh, well, okay. Same same actor, I think. Mm-hmm. But they changed his name and used him in Voyager, even though it was basically the same character. <laughs> and they said they didn't have to pay the writer of the original episode. Sure, sure. I'm saying, Very... I'm saying do that, but use the use it for the power of good. All right, I like it. We can take Harry Potter away from J.K. Rowling by making it, making a new story with a, a young, a, a young gay kid who goes young, to Druid school. A young gay transsexual kid. Yes, yes, and they use they use their magic powers to uh, to identify themselves. Oh, I love it. Yes, yes fucking go, love it. They take um, they don't take a train. They take a, a canal barge. Mm-hmm. They take a canal barge to yes. Schmogwart's school. <laughs> that might and be then, too close. And then have one character say, didn't didn't this place have a different name not too long ago? And they said, yes, but we changed it. Shh. <laughs> and then you know. And then those in the know understand what's going on, but you still don't have to pay residuals to J.K. Rowling. You're being very subtle about it. I like it. Yeah. I like it all. <laughs> But in in this in this case, though, it's more important. the The only way that our art is being made is by uh, linking the artist with their art. That's how we move on. And therefore, right. you must link the art with the artists. <laughs> okay, fine. But you don't have to support them and make sure they get money. That's true. That's true. <sighs> <laughs> well, as we've established, this debate is a highly interpretive one. Mm-hmm. But I think we had a nice conversation about it. I think so. I hopefully we you came away learning something or thinking about stuff or possibly just it's a bit. It's a big philosophical issue, and neither mm. of us are particularly well equipped to debate it. Mm. But there it was. But there it was, so we did it. And, you know, enjoy your Schmogwarts fan fiction that's coming soon. Yes. And then write yes. a book called Schmog World. Ooh. That's about an MMO 
and the characters become self-aware. Yes. And then I don't have to get paid residuals. I'll I'll write a book called We'll Shave the Galaxy for Food. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, then, before that happens, we'll log off here. The podcast that comes after Slightly Civil War. Uh, this time on Should You S- or Can You Separate the Art from the Artist? What a what a upbeat and fun topic. Yeah. I can't wait to go back to who's the better Super Smash Brother. Yeah, <laughs> whenever we're ready. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter. Our names are, are at handles are below us. Uh, you can go to escapismagazine.com to watch this. If you're listening to this. Blah, blah, blah. Remember to get an Escapist Premium membership, like all the cool kids. Yep, that will help support us directly, absolutely. And you, can watch, and you can watch the videos without ads, or you can get a YouTube membership and watch the videos a week ahead of everyone else on YouTube if you mm. have something against the main site, which some people the, do. It the, pl- the player on the main site sometimes doesn't work great, so it's, that, that's it's, it's another good option. It's a little bit wonky. It always works for me, but fine. If you're absolutely married to the YouTube it's, thing, it's you can do that. Wonky. You can get a YouTube membership and watch them over there. Uh, All right. You can. All right. Early. Are you happy now? Yes, thank you. Okay. All right. Well, bye, everyone. Thanks for watching. Bye.